Welcome to the Injury Law Pod, the podcast that explores and demystifies the complex world of personal injury law. Each week, Missouri personal injury attorney Eric Bartlett dives into the legal issues surrounding personal injury cases to help you understand your rights and options when seeking justice and compensation for personal injuries. Join Eric as he shares his experience and real-life case studies, interviews guests, and answers your questions about personal injury law. The information Eric shares will help level the playing field if you have a personal injury claim. So sit back, relax, and let's explore the world of personal injury law together. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode two of the Injury Law Pod. And yes, it is a very simple name because the whole mission of this podcast is to keep it simple. A lot of times, lawyers legal processes, things of that nature seem really complex, and they are, and they can be intimidating. But the goal here at this podcast is to break it down for you so that it's easy to understand. It's not intimidating. I'm Eric Bartlett. I'm your host, and I've been a personal injury lawyer for 27 years. And I've probably seen Every way somebody can be seriously hurt or killed uh, in some type of an accident. I've seen a lot and I think I know quite a bit about this realm of the world. And I get a lot of questions on a daily and weekly basis. And I thought, you know, it's time to maybe do a podcast, answer these questions where we can do a little more of a deep dive, done a lot of videos, but they're usually one, two minutes and a good overview, but there's so much more that we can get into when there's no real time constraint. So I hope you liked the Austin Powers themed intro music. Again, the whole point of this is to keep it light, not take ourselves too serious get you some really good information and, you know, just try to continue on with our mission of uh, battling Dr. Evil, also known as insurance companies. Um, they've got the sole mission of making money. They are a business. It's true. And Hey, okay. Good for them. But what's my role in the world? It's to deny them of their ultimate goal of making large sums of money at the expense of injured people. They take premiums, they insure the risk, and in a perfect world, they would pay fairly to resolve claims, but it doesn't happen that way. So that's why I have a job. And that's why. I'm here to help you on this episode. So continuing with our anatomy of a car accident injury claim. On the last episode, we went over the things that you need to have in place just in case you're ever involved in a car accident. And from the last episode, I went over the statistics that basically indicate we all have a very high likelihood 
of being involved in a car accident in our lifetimes, maybe several times over. I personally have been in two. One was not my fault. One was my fault. Both were when I was a teenager. You know what? Actually, now that I say that, I probably have been in three. And it was all in my teenage years. So I guess I've used up all mine for my lifetime. That's good. Uh, but yeah, it's going to happen. And uh, more than likely. And so you need to be prepared. And so the last episode, we went over everything to kind of get you as best prepared in the event you find yourself in an accident. So if you haven't listened to the first episode, I'd highly recommend you go back and give it a listen and take notes and then take action because you've got to make sure you don't get pickled if you are seriously injured, you know, honestly, or even if you're just, if somebody causes an accident, destroys your car, but you walk away. Okay. You want to make sure you've got everything in place. So I put that out there on the, the very first episode. So now let's turn our attention to the accident itself. The accident happens and there are a few critical things that need to happen uh, or trouble could come down the road uh, if you are needing to make a claim out of the accident. So if you're seriously injured in a car accident, some of these things will probably take care of themselves just because people are going to be stopping. People are going to be calling 911. Things are going to unfold and you don't necessarily have to make sure they happen. But even still, and either way, got to make sure some of these things occur. So an accident happens. You got to get the police there. So I mean, only for the most minor of quote unquote fender benders, do you not need the police to come? But you've got to make sure if you're not going to get the police there that you get the at-fault driver to either sign something or you record a video or whatever. If there's any chance they could change their story and they could come back later and say they were not at fault. So, for example... Let's say that an accident occurs and everybody gets out and the other driver says, oh, my goodness, I totally didn't see the light. I'm so sorry. You know, yeah, this is my fault. Here's my insurance, whatever. And you're like, great. And, you know, again, you're not feeling too banged up or anything. And the problem is, is if you call for the police, they're going to tell you, uh, they're going to ask you, was anybody hurt? And if everybody is taking a self-assessment and obviously everybody can walk and talk and those types of things, you know, a lot of times people say, no, I think we're all fine. And then they're going to say, well, then we're not going to send 
somebody out there just exchange information. Uh, if you want, you can walk it in later to a police station um, or they may not even tell you that. They just may say, we're not going to send anybody. Just make sure you exchange information. So the problem with this is a couple things. If the police don't come, you do run the risk of the at-fault driver changing their story. So when the police officer is on the scene and they're there in their uniform and they're questioning each of you as to what happened and it just happened and there hasn't been a lot of time go by, the at-fault driver is much more likely to own up to what they did. But if you exchange information, you all leave, and then you call their insurance company. Sometimes what I hear from people is, uh-oh, that other driver, that at-fall driver, gave the insurance company a whole different story. And amazingly, that story has them as the innocent party and you as the at-fault driver. Uh-oh. You know, this is a problem, right? Big problem. Because now all of a sudden, what you thought was pretty clear cut, other person apologized, admitted fault, whatever it was, everything seemed to be going along so well, and now they have a different story. So when the police officer is there on scene, this is a big deterrent for an AFOL driver changing their story. Because again, they're, you know, as, as shaken up as you are at the moment, it just happened. They don't have a lot of time to be thinking about, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what's a good story here? They're just going to say, yeah, I'm sorry. I, you know, didn't see the light. I didn't see the car, whatever it is, right? They're going to tell the truth and it's done. But again, the problem is you try to call for the police. They're going to ask, is anybody hurt? No. Okay. Just exchange information. Um, so my advice is always, I mean, if you feel like there's any chance that you've suffered any injury that you're not even appreciating yet. And so many injuries like materialize after the fact, you know, you got adrenaline running. You just were in some kind of an incident that is not in our normal uh, experience. And so most people I talk to again, unless it's very serious, a lot of people get out of their cars, you know, they're feeling a little bit shaken up. They're disoriented. Uh, I mean, you know, a lot of times people suffer concussion and they're not even entirely clear on what happened or how they feel. But if you think there's any reasonable likelihood that you may be seeking medical treatment out of this, you should tell the police dispatch that, you know, you you believe you may have been injured and get a police officer out there and get the police officer to nail down statements, you know, they're going to, they're going to make a report and they're going to ask you, are you injured? Or, you know, is there anything that's bothering you? And by the way, at that point, it's a good idea again to really take a self-assessment. You know, are you feeling dazed, confused? Is your neck, your back, 
legs, arms, any part of your body. Is it hurting you, bothering you? You need to report that. Because later on down the road, everything you're saying and doing at the time, it it's important. It really is. Because everybody looks at that police report, looks what the police officer wrote down. But the other key thing is, is that police officer is going to talk to each driver, get their version of what happened. And again, there's less time for somebody to think up a good story. The other thing the police officer is going to do is they're going to talk to any witnesses that have stuck around and that will give their information and, and you know, tell what they saw. And witness testimony is always really, really helpful when making a claim. So accident happens. You really want the police on site again, unless it is just something really minor. But again, then you better make sure you nail down that other driver and what they're saying in some way, shape or form, because I hate to tell you, people lie and people will come up with different versions of what actually happened. I've seen it too many times. We've had so many scenarios and, you know, sometimes we're able to use our special lawyer powers to turn those around. Okay. We don't have special lawyer powers. I'm just kidding. Um, but we do know obviously things we can do to try and gather the evidence we need to help make a claim. Like I've said before, you, if you are going to make a claim for injury against another driver, you have the burden to prove it was their fault, what your injuries were, what your losses have been. And so when we start right there at the accident scene, you have to make sure you're nailing down their responsibility. So if you don't have the police come, which again, I hope is just this like uh, very small section of accidents that are so minor that it, it, if you never see that driver again and they gave you false information and whatever it is, you're going to live, the car is going to be okay, all that stuff. Yeah, if you don't get the uh, police there, then you also need to make sure if anybody stops, right, says, hey, I saw whatever, you get their name, you get their phone number, you make sure you know who they are. I have people tell me sometimes, well, somebody stopped and they were helping me, but they, and then they kind of disappeared. I didn't get their name. I didn't get their number. Not good. Not good. You've got to nail these things down. Um, and I know it's a, it's a chaotic moment in time when you're in that accident. Um, and hopefully again, if, if it's serious enough, you get the police there, they're, they're doing their job. They're getting the information you need. The other thing that you want to do, if you can, is get photographs or video of the vehicles at the scene is better. Again, if it's serious enough, then they're probably 
still resting where they stopped after the collision. So, and again, if you're able to, if not, the police, a lot of times, this is kind of where, I don't know, the police, sometimes they only take pictures if there's like a fatality involved, somebody dies. They don't, they do not regularly take pictures of the scene. Um, They will, if it's bad enough, if, I don't know, if there's government vehicles involved. I mean, there's some circumstances that uh, police will take pictures, but they don't take pictures at every accident. Uh, I wish it was a standard operating procedure, but you need to do your best to make sure they're doing, um, or excuse me, that you're getting pictures um, some way, somehow, video of the vehicles uh, again and how they came to rest. Uh, Other things to think about, and again, if the police are there, they'll usually check this. But if there's any question about who had a light, uh, something of that nature, it's always good to video the functioning of the lights right then and there. Police officers, a lot of times, if there's some question about the lights, they'll watch the light cycle, make sure that they were functioning properly. And most of the time, the lights are functioning properly. Most of the time, somebody's not telling the truth. And I talked about this in the previous episode. You know, this is why it's great if you have a dash cam that's recorded everything that went down during the accident. I mean, what better proof, right, that somebody that you know is responsible for the accident and responsible for hurting you and now is responsible for everything that is going to unfold in your life. It's right there. It's on video. You've got it. And you know, and you can give that to everybody that needs it. So whether that's the police, the insurance, whatever it is. Um, But you just got to make sure these things are captured. Also, if, if it needs to be, Another day, you want to make sure you get back there and take pictures of the intersection or wherever the accident was, just so that in case something changes, you have that. And I've run into that situation before where, you know, somebody's coming to us six months later after an accident. They thought they could handle it with the insurance company on their own. And so they've been going along. Now they reach out to us. Well, what's one thing we usually do? We want to see the accident scene, where it happened, all that kind of stuff. And we go out there and this doesn't make sense because what our, what our now client is telling us, it doesn't line up with what the intersection looks like at this point. And lo and behold, in that six month period, the intersection has changed. And now it's harder because it's not what it was at the time that this accident occurred. So it would have been helpful, right? If there were pictures right as close to the accident time as possible that we can utilize. Google is somewhat helpful, maybe, depending. Um, Although they usually update about once a year or once every couple of years. So, you know, six month time frames aren't always as good. So make sure if you can, as soon as you can, you're getting those pictures and or video of the scene of the accident. 
The other thing to keep in mind is also any other evidence that might be out there. Now, again, if the police are out there, a lot of times they're looking around, they're looking to see were there any security cameras that captured the accident. And we've had to use uh, private uh, businesses like their their security camera just happened to capture the accident and we've been able to get that footage and use it to help our case um, the police a lot of times if there's again a question about who was at fault what was going on they usually will go around they'll, they'll look to see if there's video cameras on businesses that are nearby that would have captured the accident so keep that in mind. Again, if the police don't do it or the police aren't there, whatever the case may be, now you know right as soon as you can the accident has happened, you're wanting to know because what happens? That video footage usually gets erased. It, it records and it records over itself. So you don't want to mess around. You want to make sure you're dialing in all the on all this stuff and you're talking to the business owner and saying, can I get a copy of the video footage for, you know, whatever day, whatever time, uh, the longer you wait on stuff, the less likely it's going to be around. The other thing that police officers are good about. And also again, if it has to be you is getting evidence like tire marks, right? Damage that is around, uh, debris, all the things that show how serious of a collision it was. If somebody attempted to break, obviously there's going to be probably tire marks. And, you know, those tire marks can also be utilized by um, expert witnesses. If it gets down to that, they can utilize uh, tire marks to figure out how fast somebody was going before the accident. So these are all things to keep in mind right there. Accident has happened. Again, if you are seriously hurt and you're being tended to by medical personnel, obviously you have to trust that law enforcement or firefighters, those types of folks, they're going to do what is needed to get the information that figures out how the car accident happened, who's at fault and, you know, shows the severity of everything. So that's about a wrap on when an accident happens, right when it happens, what you need to have in your mind as to what is important. Um, we'll talk on the next episode about a little more right after and who you should and shouldn't be talking to and things like that. But for now, I hope you found this helpful. And again, we're trying to break down these complicated situations that people don't really think about until they are faced with them so that people are prepared for worst case scenarios. And so I hope you found it useful and um, see you on the next one. <laughs>